Hi there. Welcome to episode 40 of Stories That Made Us. We, with this one, have just stepped into the last three episodes of the first series on creation myths. And so, it's no wonder we have a grand tale to tell. This week, it's the stories, the mythologies, and folklores of our creation from the ancient land of India. Yes, we dive into the Hindu creation myths. But before we begin, a huge shout out to David A. Leeming's book, Creation Myths of the World, an encyclopedia, from where the tales have been taken. So then, let's get started with another fantastic episode of Stories That Made Us. India is a vast country with long religious and therefore mythological history. A well-developed mythology already existed in the culture of the Indus Valley civilization before the Aryan or Indo-Europeans brought their own mythology in the second millennium BC. The stories of their creation are contained in many of the most prominent Hindu religious texts. The sacred Vedas, which are the four collections of religious writings from the Samhita period, that is around 2000 to 1100 BC, contain stories that were orally transmitted for generations prior to them being written down. The Vedas prompted various commentaries on them, which took the form of Brahmanas, Aranyakas, and Upanishads. These ancient texts are amalgamations of the Indus Valley and Aryan mythologies. Classical Hindu mythology developed from these earlier sources and was augmented in their great epics such as the Mahabharata and the Ramayana and in sacred writings such as the Puranas. There are many expressions of creations in this ever-developing deeply thought-provoking mythology. This variety mirrors the variety of gods, and we must remind ourselves that all of the creations, like all of the many gods, are, for many Hindus, in reality, metaphors for a single absolute principle, eventually called Brahman, a principle that is everywhere and nowhere, everything and nothing. Creation in Hindu mythology can be seen as originating in Brahman's thought, or can be attributed to the actions of the god Brahma, one of the trinity of major gods that also includes Shiva and Vishnu. Brahma, known as the creator in that trinity, is the personified masculine expression of the formless and timeless Brahman. Creation may also be the work of Prajapati, a Vedic progenitor who, like the primal man, Purusha, merges into the figure of Brahma. As the creation myths below suggest, Hindu mythology, which is but excerpts of the Hindu religion, is among the richest and most sophisticated the world has yet produced. In the Hindu myth, 
There are several familiar creation myth themes. The sacrificial basis of creation, incest in creation, and the separation of the first parents that is similar to the traditional depiction of the Egyptian nuke or sky arched over Geb or earth. An early myth emerges in fragments from the first and tenth books of the hymns in the Rig Veda, the oldest of the spiritual scriptures. The very short myth goes like this. The thousand-headed, thousand-footed primal man, Purusha, enveloped earth and was, in fact, the universe, the here and the there, the now and the always. Three-quarters of Purusha are of the undifferentiated, immortal and timeless sphere. One-quarter is the sphere of life-forms. When the gods performed the sacrifice of this primal man, his bottom quarter became the world we know. His mouth, out of which came words, became the wise Brahmin priest and the god Indra. From his arms emerged the warrior people or Kshatriyas. From his thighs, the common people, and his feet, the lowest of the low thus giving birth to the caste system that is still prevalent in the Indian socio-economic identity. Out of the sacrifice of Purusha came the beasts, plants, rituals, sacred words, and the Vedas themselves. From Purusha's mind came the moon, from his eye the sun, from his breath the wind, from his head the sky, from his feet the air, and from his navel the atmosphere. In the tenth book of the Rig Veda, there is still another hymn of creation. It speaks of the necessity of opposites. Imposing this duality in creation, the hymn reads thus. Without non-being, there cannot be being. Without being, there cannot be non-being. It is a human cry for knowledge of origins, for the meaning of self, the meaning of being. Who knows the sources of these creations? If in the beginning there was neither being or non-being, neither air nor sky, what was there? Who or what oversaw it? What was it when there was no darkness, light, life or death? We can only say that there was the One, that which breathed of itself deep in the void, that which was heat and became desire and the germ of spirit. The wise say that non-being and being became one, and that chaos became order. Who really knows what happened, whether it came from the one or not? Only the Creator knows, and maybe even He knows nothing about it.
India continues its meditation on creation in the Brahmanas, composed in the first millennium BC. As in the earlier creation hymns of the Rig Veda, the principle of heat is crucial, indicating a connection with other Indo-European or Aryan mythologies, especially that of Persia or Iran. The cosmic egg found in this particular story is also found in many Indo-European mythology. One myth from the Satapatha Brahmana tells us how in the beginning there was only the primeval sea, the waters. It was the waters who wished to reproduce, and through devotions became heated enough to produce a golden egg that floated about for a time. Then from the egg came Prajapati. It took a year for him to come, and so it takes about that amount of time for a woman or a cow to give birth. After he broke out of the egg, Prajapati rested on its shell for another year or so before he tried to speak. The sound he first made became the sacred word, the Om. His next sound became Earth, and another sound became Sky. Other sounds became the seasons. After waiting another year, Prajapati stood in his shell. He could see even then the end of his life, and so he chose to procreate. Prajapati gave himself the power of reproduction. Some say he created the fire god Agni out of himself. When he faced upwards and exhaled his hot breath into the sky, he created the gods. Moreover, from the heat came life, and this is how the day was born. When Prajapati breathed down, he created the Asuras, the evil dwellers, and they lived in the dark. Prajapati realized that by creating beings, he had created time. And we know that Prajapati is, in a sense, time. In the Aitareya Brahmana, Prajapati and his daughter, the sky or dawn, are characters in a reworking of an incest myth from the Rig Veda. The story suggests that Prajapati came to his daughter as a stag. She, of course, had the form of a doe. The gods watched and were horrified that Prajapati was doing what is not done and they created the monstrous and wild Rudra to punish him. Rudra struck Pajapati with his arrow, and the progenitor became the constellation we called Capricorn, or Deer's Head. During the decimation of Prajapati, his seed spilled and became a lake. The gods called this lake not to be spoiled and so emerged the idea that the seed of man is not to be spoiled. The gods gave the seed heat, and the fire god made it flow, 
and it became the Aditya, the sun god, the cattle, and many other things. Still another Brahmana, the Kausitaki Brahmana, tells how when Prajapati wanted to have an offspring, he practiced deep asceticism and meditated, so much so that he generated such heat as to give birth out of himself to fire, the sun, the moon, the wind, and the female dawn. Prajapati ordered the five to practice asceticism, and they did. Dawn took the form of a beautiful nymph, and when the others saw her, the four were so moved that their seed flowed. When they told their father, he made a golden bowl in which to collect the seed so it would not be lost. Out of this bowl of seed sprang a thousand-armed god, who took hold of his father and demanded a name before he would eat food. Prajapati named him Pav, which in Sanskrit means existence. The next series of Hindu scriptures is called the Upanishads, in which thinkers of the period between about 800 and 400 BC gave thought, clarity, and commentary to the earlier writings. The creation theories of the Upanishads quite clearly developed from those of the earlier texts and contain familiar themes. In the oldest of the Upanishads, the Chandogya Upanishad, we still find the predominance of reproduction, heat, and primordial waters in a reworking of the story of Prajapati and the Golden Egg. Prajapati has now become the creator god Brahma, and the story is as follows. There was only the non-being in the beginning. This non-being developed into an egg. After a year, the egg broke into two parts, one silver and one gold. The silver part is earth, the gold part is the sky. The various inside parts of the egg are the mountains, rivers, clouds, and so forth. The sun was born from the egg. At his birth, everything rose toward him. The sun is Brahma. In the same Upanishad, there is a version of the myth that postulates a world beginning, not in the non-being, but in being. For how could being emerge from non-being? It states that being wanted to reproduce itself, so it gave off heat, which in turn procreated itself and gave off water. This is why we perspire today. The water in turn procreated itself and gave off food, which of course comes from water. The Barhadaranyaka Upanishad returns to the early Vedic figure of Purusha, the primal man. The story in this text says that in the beginning there was Atman, 
the soul or the one within, and it was in the form of Purusha. When he looked about and saw nothing, he said, I am. And so he was. He was lonely, however, and so he became two, a husband and a wife. They came together, and from them mankind was born. Then the wife became frightened and turned herself into a cow to hide. The man became a bull, found her, and this is how cattle were born. And so it went for the many forms of animals. In a sense, in this story, Atman or the soul is the Brahman or formless timeless existence but within. In the Kena Upanishad, the question of the nature of the ultimate one, the Brahman, is considered. Brahman should not be confused with the creator god Brahma, although Brahma, like everything else, is in Brahman. Brahman itself is beyond gender or any other kind of definition or comprehension. The nature of Brahman, as suggested in the Kena Upanishad, is as below. What is the spirit that awakens the mind, makes life begin, and makes us speak in words? Who is the spirit behind the seeing and the hearing? Is it the ear of the ear, the eye of the eye, and the word of words, the mind of mind, and the life of life? Brahman cannot be spoken, but the spirit behind the possibility of speaking is Brahman. The Lobak of Manu takes its name from the tradition of Manu, the first human in each age of existence. Again, in this myth, we find the motive of the cosmic egg and procreation. We also find the element of creation by thought. The self-existent Brahman thought of the waters, and they were. His seed in the waters became a golden egg, and out of the egg, Brahman was born as the progenitor of all. Out of Brahman came the male Purusha, who is also Brahma. As for Brahman, it remained in the egg for a year before dividing the egg by thought into heaven and earth. After 300 AD, the process of re-examining scriptures continued in the Puranas, which means Old Tories. Among other issues, these works consider the whole question of the identity of Brahman as revealed in various gods. The Vishnu Purana contains a creation myth where the beginning was all water. The story is as under. Brahma, the form taken by Brahman, the god without beginning or end, awoke and saw the empty universe. There was only the waters, the progeny of the eternal Brahman. 
Brahma decided that the earth lay beneath the waters. As at the beginning of each preceding creation, he took the form of an animal, in this case, a wild boar. In this form, based on the sacrifices mentioned in the sacred Vedas, Brahman, as Brahma, became the great boar and dove into the bottom of the primordial waters to find Mother Earth. She received him with joy and hymns of praise, recognizing him as the creative principle behind all that was. No one knows your true being, she sang, but everything that the mind can conceive or the senses perceive is a form of you. Brahman is Brahma. He is the soul of souls. Brahman can only be worshipped in the many forms it takes, since Brahman itself is formless. This great boar then came to the air, and the wise praised him as the source of all things. He raised up the earth to where it floats now, a mighty vessel on the surface of the waters. Then Brahman in the form of Brahma created the world. He does this at the beginning of each Kalpa, which is each creation or age that follows after the destruction of the previous age or world's dissolution. Brahma gives form to the power within the things to be created. That is, he gives form to the formless Brahman. The Shiva Purana contains a creation story dedicated to the great god Shiva. In this story, Shiva was angered because Brahma created the world in his absence. So, Fulfilling his role as destroyer, he burnt up the world, and Brahma bowed before Shiva's superior power. Pleased with this subservience, Shiva asked Brahma what he would like as a reward. Brahma asked that his creation would be restored. In return, Brahma said that he would worship the Shiva Linga which is the god's phallic symbol which joins the past, present and future. And so, Shiva broke off his linga and flung it into the air, where it reached from hell below to somewhere in the heavens above. Vishnu tried to find its earthly source and Brahman tried to find its heavenly tip. Neither succeeded because the Linga is the ultimate axle of the world, the ultimate axis mundi, Brahman itself, the endless source of creation and all existence. There are many stories of Brahma as creator. In the epics, Particularly the Mahabharata, he is depicted in more personal and less abstract terms than in the more self-consciously religious Puranas. Brahma 
in the Mahabharata is given human qualities such as jealousy. Called Prajapati again, or grandfather, he creates wanton women for the purpose of stirring up men and bringing them to desire and anger. In this way, men would be deluded and prevented from usurping the possession of the gods. In another part of the Mahabharata, Brahma creates the woman death to preserve the distinction between men and gods. The Vedas and the epic the Mahabharata contain versions of a creation story in which, at the suggestion of Vishnu or his avatar Narayana, the gods and demons churn the primordial ocean in order to obtain the lost Soma, which is a drink that guarantees their immortality. Now to churn the ocean, the immortals placed the mountain Mandara, uprooted by the serpent Ananta of Vasuki on the back of the great tortoise, another avatar of Vishnu, who dove into the ocean floor so that the mountain could be placed on his back. This mountain was used as the churning stick. Ananta of Vasuki the serpent became the churning cord. According to the epic version of the myth, as the gods and demons churned the sea, clouds and lightning came out of Ananta's mouth and flowers came down from the spinning mountain top and formed garlands on the gods. The motion of the whole process caused a crushing of animals and great trees, and a fire resulted, which was put out by the god Indra. From the smashing of the trees and plants and the juices exuding from the process, the source of Soma or the immortal drink flowed into the sea. The sea became milk, and eventually the milk became butter, which would be used for ritual purposes. Urged on by Vishnu, the gods and demons continued churning, and beautiful elements of creation came from the waters. But out of the churning, also came a terrible poison that enveloped the universe. It was Shiva, who, as a ritual chant, was able to take the poison into his throat and swallow it, and in doing so, save the universe. This is why Shiva's throat is blue. No mythological tradition is perhaps more complex or colourful than that of India. Every aspect of existence is accounted for, and each story is a metaphorical meditation on creation. The gods all represent aspects of one reality, in a sense, the only reality, which is the thoughtless, formless and timeless Brahman.
that's all for the episode. Hope you enjoyed our tales of the Hindu creation myth. Please subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and a review. Connect with us on Twitter or Instagram by following the handle at stories tht mdeus. That's at stories tht mdeus for details on next episodes and snippets of folklore from around the world. Oh hey, just to chat. Reach out to us on email at info dot stories that made us at gmail.com I'll see you again next week until then goodbye